You're listening to Alpha Health and Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Haley Schaff, where I'm here to empower you to become the alpha of your health. Welcome back. Today, I am sharing an interview that I did with Rachel, who is one of the co-founders of my favorite whole food protein bar, Rar Bars. And we talk a lot about her journey of kind of coming from this more bodybuilding kind of, if it fits your macros approach to really focusing on whole food ingredients and how she really was able to cure her gut using whole food and real food. And I think that's something a lot of people can relate with. I see people with IBS every single week and I'm always so adamant about helping them figure out how we can solve this naturally. IBS sometimes can be such a diagnosis of exclusion because it's like, oh, we don't know what's going on with your gut. So it's probably just inflammation in the gut, which we're calling just irritable bowel syndrome. And so it's super empowering hearing her, her journey and how she was able to really take control of her health and now how she's able to create an amazing company with her husband and really give back and be such a, a really great part of this health community. And so I'm really excited for you guys to listen to the interview and I hope you enjoy the episode as much as I enjoyed interviewing her. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. I'm really, really looking forward to chatting because I am absolutely in love with your company, Rar Bars. And I think so many of so many people in my community also are so in love. And I just, I think following, you know, a healthy lifestyle and looking at the ingredients that you're eating is, is obviously something that I'm very passionate about. And I'm also really passionate to hear how you got into that space because, there's a lot of crappy protein bars out there. And so I get like, we're, I want to chat all about the raw bar, all about ingredient stuff, but for people who might not know you or might not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about kind of what that catalyst was for you on your health journey. Yeah, definitely. So all throughout high school and college, I was a distance runner. So I ran competitively um, for my university and I ended up getting a really severe spinal injury my senior year. <laughs> just weeks before the national meet. And that got me really into weightlifting. My chiropractor at the time said that I should never run again. And I know that's for a lot of runners out there, that's like something you just don't say to a runner. (laughs) And so I was adamant that I would run again. And so I hit the weights and started to slowly rebuild my back. And then basically I always wanted to have a side gig of personal training And there was a super fit guy at the gym who kind of took me under his wings and I got certified as a personal trainer underneath him. And he's like, girl, you got to do a bodybuilding show. Like you would just kill it. And I was like, Hmm, I'm picturing these manly women, you know, on steroids. And I was like, I don't think that's a good fit for me. Well, long story short, he eventually, um, told me to do my own research and, and get back to him after I had looked at all the different categories and ended up doing my first bodybuilding show, doing my first diet. As a distance runner, I ate so terrible. I ate, you know, all the processed things, cereals and mac and cheese, and literally didn't care about what I was putting in my body. I thought eating like a sandwich with chips was like a healthy lunch. You know what I'm saying? 
And so bodybuilding was a small catalyst that got me eating slightly healthier because then I switched from all processed crap to like meats and veggies and potatoes and rice and things like that. Um, And so I really started to enjoy the bodybuilding industry because since I wasn't able to compete in distance running, my back was still a bit faulty. It was like a new venue for me to exert all of my um, drive and competitiveness. Um, But after being in the industry for about two, three years, um, it just got a little stale for me. And I started to realize I wasn't getting a regular period anymore. Um, And I wasn't even in my off seasons when I was not doing any kind of calorie restriction whatsoever. And I thought that was a little alarming. And this is literally what drove me to start Raw Bar. I went to a natural doctor. I've always kind of had a lack of trust for the medical system. Um, I've just had things like over the years where things like, for example, you go in for an appointment and then you see like five different practitioners and can't get to the root of something. So this time I took a natural route and went to a naturopathic doctor and she did what is called EDS testing. It's some kind of electro thing. And um, she was looking at my hormones and she's like, girl, your testosterone is off the charts. (laughs) I didn't tell her I was a bodybuilder, but she's like, (laughs) she's like, you're super deficient in sulfur. And she's like, let me guess, you're eating egg whites, but not the yolks. I'm like, yep. And she's like, yes, you're eating a lot of green veggies, but you're not eating like the rainbow and you're not getting onions and um, you're not getting garlic. And I'm like, yeah, I'm eating like all broccoli, asparagus, like spinach, things like that. She's like, okay, well, I'd like you to add in the yolks, add in garlic, add in onion and even take a garlic supplement before bed. And literally within 30 days, I got my cycle back and I've been regular ever since. And that is what sent me on this journey of reading nutrition labels and being super passionate about what I put into my body um, and just fueling my body with real food. So that was definitely the catalyst that sent me into starting our protein bar. That's awesome. And so like when you were going through those struggles of like losing your period and your hormones being kind of out of whack, what um, were you eating like standard conventional or, you know, typical like bodybuilding food? Yes. Yep. So really good question. And this gets kind of more into the nitty gritty details. So um, I was sponsored by a protein bar. A lot of you probably heard of this one. I won't say the name, but Oh, I'm curious. Now I need to know. I'm just kidding. You don't have to say it here. It rhymes with best. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) And uh, so as a bodybuilder, I went towards this bar because I was more sensitive to gluten and it was super high protein and low in carb, but it had a bunch of fortified fibers in it and um, like different fake sweeteners and stuff like that. Um, as soon as I started seeing this natural doctor and my mind was really opened up, I was like, I'm going all organic. Um, and then I started reading the greens on this bar, which weren't horrendous, but I started doing a deep dive at the time, like, and now as a corn fiber, they put in this protein bar, but at the time it was, oh gosh, what was the word? Isomaltoglycerates is what it was titled. And I was like, what is an isomaltoglycerate? So I did this deep dive. And it's a super highly processed form of corn that basically your body doesn't process as a fiber. It sees it as a foreign object and typically will process it as sugar. So I'm thinking to myself, how are they saying this is a low carb bar when they put all this highly processed junk into it? And then it has like a low quality whey protein. It's not like grass fed or organic or anything like that. 
and then it had um, sucralose, low one house, mm-hmm. other sweeteners. And so um, that like, I was like, oh gosh, I need to find a replacement for this bar. And I, yeah, like I said, I'd switched to all organic grass fed, um, lots more raw fruits and veggies, things like that, a lot more colorful diet. And I couldn't find a good bar because I was like, well, I kind of want to avoid some things that my body's more sensitive to, like um, just gluten and dairy. And I couldn't find like all the vegan bars in the market were like 25 grams of sugar and eight grams of protein. And I was like, that's not going to cut it. I need something that's more stable than that. And then some of the bars that were high protein, they still had all the fillers and binders like, um, you know, even stevia I don't respond super well to. So that's kind of what drove me to the kitchen. And yeah, just like that eye-opening experience with that natural doctor got me to realize the importance of eating organic. And I literally, this sounds dramatic, but I'm not even kidding. When I switched from conventional to just eating organic, even before I started to be a lot more diverse in my eating, I looked leaner. And I think my body was just carrying a lot of um, extra fluid. Like I Mm -hmm. think that a lot of the conventional and like the pesticides made me, my body sensitive. I think I was really like kind of bloated all the time and carrying extra like water weight and just inflamed. Totally. I see that all the time where people... And you, and we can feel that like if we don't, you know, eat a meal that super agrees with us, but especially in terms of like when people are having issues, quote, cutting weight, a lot of times it's just inflammation due mm-hmm. to the crappy and processed foods or just stress from overtraining hours of cardio. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's so many reasons why our body can hold on to fluid, but that's so interesting that you found what those triggers were for you. Mm-hmm. So... Okay. So this is funny because were you like apprehensive on like the fact that these ingredients could be causing this for you? Because I see this a lot in the bodybuilding community where we're so incredibly addicted to artificial sweeteners because it's the only thing that can make our food taste junk food-y. And and a lot of people are just so defensive over the fact that there's no way that that could be contributing to acne, bloating, any digestive upset, hormone issues. And so was that something that you were kind of like resistant on at first or what were, were you just super receptive to it right from the beginning? Um, I think because I had seen such quick results with adding in like the sulfur and and getting more regular in my cycle, I was like, I am all in to go eat real raw food and get rid of everything fake. Like I was just super open-minded at this point. So I didn't have any like mental block there. But I know that can be super common because in the bodybuilding industry, especially they have this scary stigma with eating like a little bit of organic, like raw sugar, you know what I mean? Like one, two grams and something's not going to kill you. It's so much better than eating loads of sucralose. I know exactly. And like, I don't know. I just, for me, when I was into all of like the really crappy protein powders and things that they claim to be like the best, you know, they're super clean. It's the best, super high quality. But I mean, there's a ton of, there's a laundry list of ingredients, fillers and the artificial sweeteners. And for me, I was like almost like addicted to it. Like I literally looked forward to my protein shake every single day. I couldn't, I couldn't live my life thinking because, because I felt so deprived in other areas where I wasn't really like when you switch to eating whole foods, you realize you're not missing out on anything. You can okay. have the amazing taste of nature, like all of these amazing protein sources, all these fruits, all these vegetables, all of these naturally sweet things like honey and dates that you can fit into a balanced lifestyle that don't make you gain weight. Right. But 
it's just like I it, I just think back and I I would gag thinking of that chemical taste in my mouth now. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm like when I think about the bar I eat every day, I feel like ooh. <laughs> And and it's just hard for me because like when I'm trying to help someone on a journey, especially for healing our hormones and healing your gut, you can't, I don't expect everyone to be perfect. I don't expect everyone to even be where I'm at, which I don't consider myself perfect right overnight, right? It's a journey, but Mm -hmm. we do have to realize like how these things, like one protein bar here, a scoop of protein here, and then you do your pre-workout, like how just even in 24 hours, those things can easily be adding up. Totally. And when, so I went to the natural doctor I had been taking this BCA because I was already starting to make some lifestyle changes before I went to see her. So I stopped taking pre-workout, stopped having any caffeine. I went to like an organic decaf just because I felt like my hormones needed a reset after all the bodybuilding. And um, she's like, you're super high. I think it was like leucine. It was basically amino. I was taking, you know, these amino acids before every lift because I felt like mentally I still need something to sip on. And it was off the charts. She's like, yeah, your body doesn't need that crazy amount of aminos. Like just cut out the whole thing that you're drinking. Yeah. And, and like, it's just such a waste of money. It's just yeah, artificially flavored water. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just make sure that you have a high quality protein afterwards, after your workout, you know, it's, we really like to overcomplicate things. So, um, so when you were doing bodybuilding and you were switching to more of these whole and natural foods, were you still competing at this time or did you stop? No, I was not competing. It was, okay. I was done competing. I was doing a little bit of fitness modeling, but yeah, I had basically, it was around the time where I'd just gotten married and I was like, Oh, I kind of want a new direction. Like I just want to work out and be healthy and not have to like be on a diet and be like building and then losing and building and losing anymore. It's just kind of exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. it is. Yeah. I, I see that. And I, I, I work with a lot of women who they want to compete, but they want to do it right. And they want to be healthy while doing it. And I kind of help support them through it. But, um, I always thought that I was going to compete and I never did. And I'm kind of glad that I did. It's just not, not the path for me. Yeah. But, um, So, okay. So as you're, so you guys had gotten married, you had been on this new health journey. So then how did you eventually come to discovering the company that you have now, which is Rar Bars? Yeah. So when I was a newlywed, it's kind of funny how everything came together. So I went from as a bodybuilder being super macronutrient driven, thinking about carbs, protein, fats, and my husband, he was extremely micronutrient focused because he had a battle before we met with being hyperglycemic and super sensitive to carbs. So he was eating very low glycemic and he was like um, eating a lot of, he was sprouting and having wheatgrass and doing all these green smoothies. And so he really actually helped open up my mind quite a bit too. And he was definitely someone to, to call me out on this protein bar that I was eating. Like, Hey, <laughs> this isn't that great for you, but he kind of knew how stubborn I am that I had to do my own research. So um, a few months into being married, I was like, okay, I can't find anything on the market that I really like. I'm just going to dab around in the kitchen. And a perk of being in the bodybuilding industry is your brain kind of becomes like a calculator. Like I could go throughout my entire day and eat all my five, six meals. And at the end of the day, I could literally add up in my head how many carbs, fat, protein, and calories I had because I knew the nutrition label so closely. So mm-hmm. I thought to myself, okay. I'm going to make a protein bar and I, I don't want any fake anything in it. 
and I kind of know some ingredients that I've started to enjoy on my new health journey. So I thought, okay, I want flaxseed in it. I was like, I'm going to kind of avoid whey just because not everyone's tummies can handle it. And um, I really liked coconut nectar and coconut sugar at the time for like being more mineral dense, low glycemic. So I kind of had these ideas in my mind of ingredients that I was drawn to and then their nutrition like label in my head of what their fat protein carb profile was. So I just started dabbling in the kitchen with the numbers and with the ingredients because my goal coming from the bodybuilding industry, I was like, I really want it to be as close to 20 grams as possible. So like you can feel super satisfied um, and not walk away hungry and it can hold you over for a bit. And that's kind of how I started dabbling. It was just a few months into our marriage. I would say it was January 2015 that I started dabbling in the kitchen, created a bar literally just for us to like bring the work. I had no intention of launching anything. It was just trying to fill like a pain point that I had that I didn't feel like the market could fill. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I made this bar for like two years for us and it, you know, kind of changed from time to time. Like it started off really simple. It was just banana pea protein and peanut butter. And then an- I had another variation that was more similar to the raw bar today with a few ingredients that weren't in it yet. And then um, how it started is kind of an interesting story. Actually, <laughs> I was at, a women's conference, um, June of 2016. It was a Christian conference and there was a guest speaker and she had flown up from like, I think Arizona or something. And she was in the middle of sharing a message. And she was like, is there someone here with a creative food idea? I just feel like I heard that and that like God wants me to ask if anyone here has a creative food idea. And I was like, it can't be me. Cause you know, we had this idea and we started at this point we we're, we're like a year into making our little bar in our kitchen. So we would joke like, oh, we should quit our jobs and start this, but we had no idea where to start. So the lady says this and I'm like, it can't be me. And so I'm like, I'm not going to raise my arm. Well, my in-laws were in the row behind me and they knew about our little bar and the little idea we had. <laughs> so they were pointing at me and I didn't know this and no one else was standing. So she's like, hey, you, honey, there's people pointing. I think that this word's for you. And she's like, God's giving you this idea. And something I had been praying about, I was like, is this a good idea or a God idea? Because if this isn't a God idea, I'm not going to lay down my career to pursue something that's not of him because then I'll be wasting my life and it won't have purpose. Mm-hmm. But when this lady basically confirmed, she's like, this is a God idea and you need to pursue it. And so then the seed was planted that like, okay, I am supposed to pursue this. So this was 2016, but things take time. You know, you can't just quit your job the next day and have a protein bar in your hands. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was definitely a process. It was about a year long process of kind of waiting for proper timing and praying into it and making sure that like everything was lining up. So January of 2017, we really felt strongly that we were supposed to lay down our careers. We're both successful in the investment industry. My husband was a financial advisor and I worked for um, a small hedge fund company doing sales. And we felt we were supposed to basically quit our careers, move out of our loft and go to Africa for three months before coming home to start the bar. And that's kind of how the journey began, just like a journey of really laying things down and seeking God and hearing his voice. And it's, it's been an amazing experience. Is that why there's a lion on the bar? Yeah, the lion. um, Yeah. The name Rar Bar and all that is connected with, you know, just our hearts for, for Africa and feeding hungry children, 
since we were both little and obviously we hadn't known each other yet, but when we were both very little, we both felt called to do work in Africa someday. So it's kind of cool to see it all tie together. Wow. That is really cool. That is cool. And so talk about how you guys, do you do um, fundraising um, to, to give back to Africa with your company? So yeah, 10% of our net proceeds goes to Feed Hungry Children and we give to two different organizations one of which is local to the Midwest, it's Feed My Starving Children. And they basically, they do like rice and bean packets and they distribute to any nation really. Like if you were to look them up online, they donate to a bunch of African nations, India, even over in some poorer parts of Ukraine and such. And then when we are in Africa, the organization that we stayed with is called Iris Global, but they have um, basically a ministry within the ministry, which is called um, Stop for the One which is their feeding program and sponsorship program for their children. And so that's where the other 5% goes to, which interestingly enough, um, Feed My Starving Children does distribute some of their food to this organization. So it's kind of cool that the two we give to kind of partner together. Um, oh, that's so cool. Yeah, but this is kind of just like where we're at right now. Our long-term vision, everything takes a lot longer than you think as an entrepreneur. You're like, think of like the end and you're like, that'll be so easy. And then like a couple of years in, you're like, geez, this is a lot of work. But our long-term vision is to create a meal replacement bar for hungry kids. Oh, because um, just when we were there, like, you know, you see people handing out the dried rice and beans and a lot of them have water issue. Like, you know, not every village we went to has a well. Some have to go down to the river and it's dirty water. And if, you know, some have a well, for example, one village we went to, their well was dried up. So the moms were getting up at like 2 a.m. twice a week and making a six-hour journey to the river one way. So they're doing a 12-hour walk in one day to bring back water. And they're only bringing back what they can carry on their head. And I'm thinking to myself, I drink that in a day. You know what I mean? Right. And that last them and their family for like three or four days. So we thought it'd be super cool to have a meal replacement bar, but using local ingredients so that their stomachs can like kind of digest them and know what the food is but it would be like high fat high protein and high carb and um heat resistant so that they're not having to you know use a precious water source to get that nutrients in oh my gosh that's a great idea how long does something like that take for you guys to formulate i honestly don't think it would take a super long time to formulate um we just kind of have to think really big picture though because I want to someday, you know, we'd start making the bar in the States, but I think someday it'd be super powerful to make this, just this one, not necessarily the raw bars, but the one that is distributed for hungry children. I would like to make it in Africa, employing the people and using their own farms so it's self-sustainable for them. And so I have to think big picture, like what ingredients are going to be easiest for them to farm and for their agriculture and and, and just kind of craft it together and what is going to be delicious for their palate, not an American's palate. So there's some thought that has to go into it still. And we've kind of brainstormed ingredients we want in it, but we haven't dabbled with it yet. That's so awesome. I, I, I knew that you guys did such advocacy work over there and I knew that, you know, portions of your proceeds were always donated, but I guess I never realized to the extent that, that you do it, which it's absolutely incredible. And that's so, I mean, I really believe that everything happens for a reason and we're called to do what we do for a reason. And mm -hmm. I think you and your husband alone are supposed to be together because you always like had this mission on wanting to help people. And 
Um, is he also like, what is his background? I know he's not here with us today, but like, what is his background with health? Yeah. So he was, he's always been into extreme sports. So he like raced snowmobile. Um, oh, so cool. He did BMX biking and snowboarding and in his early, and before he gave his life to the Lord, he had a pretty severe drug addiction for about eight to 10 years of his life where he basically dabbled in everything except meth. And so he feels like he kind of did some damage to his body. And then in his early twenties, when he got set free of addiction, he was battling um, the hyperglycemia stuff and felt like it was partly because of what he had done to his adrenals with all of the years of using. So he got super nerdy into health and was able to basically reverse his battles with hyperglycemia through eating super low glycemic nutrient dense foods. And he went all organic and he's an amazing man. Like you would never guess that he used to be an addict. He has a super powerful story and he's like the detailed one in the business. I'm the big pictured one. So he does the things that I'm not good at and I do the things he's not good at. <laughs> yeah, but that's great. That's exactly what makes a good relationship work is you guys complement each other really well. Yeah. What's it like being in business with your with your husband? I always wonder that. I'm always like, well, I retire my husband someday. And I was like, how is this going to work? How are we going to work together all day long? I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, So it can be super rewarding, but there's times where you're like, oh my gosh. Like, so I joke sometimes because... I'm very like, let's get it done. And I'm like, let's take the ne- next risk. And he's more like, well, let's, you know, pace ourselves. And I'm like, oh gosh, hurry up, buddy. Sometimes I just am like, I want to fire you. <laughs> <laughs> and he just rolls his eyes. Well, you can't fire me. <laughs> oh my gosh. So funny. That's so funny. You know, I, I think I've been seeing a lot of people, you know, husband, wife duos or partner duos, and it's just, it's so cool. And so it's very admirable. Maybe one day. Um, let's dive into what inspired you guys to create the ingredients that you have for your bar. Because as I look at them, it's a hundred percent all whole food based. Like these are all ingredients that we all have probably in our own kitchen that that's how protein bars should be made. That's how all products should be made. Mm -hmm. So talk about kind of what inspired you guys to create the ingredients that you have here. Yeah. So, um, we kind of just thought of things that we like to consume and enjoy. And we put the flaxseed in the bar for starters, because we wanted to have a natural source of fiber. And a lot of bars these days, you'll even see things like, um, tapioca fiber Mm -hmm. or hickory root, but you have to be really careful about that because now people can say tapioca fiber syrup. So there's a new FDA change that went into accord in 2022 where companies can now call these syrups fibers and they can basically say you have low net carbs. And even though chicory root in its pure raw form is good for you, a lot of the bars aren't using a pure raw form. They're highly processed and your body's going to receive it more like a sweetener or sugar. So we put basically just raw ground flax into the bar because we wanted a natural fiber source. We dabbled around with different protein powders. We wanted it to be dairy-free just because of a lot of sensitivities out there. And um, we tried doing like a brown rice pea protein combo and it just gave the bar a really gritty taste. Um mm. So we ended up just doing pea protein by itself. So that's kind of how that happened. We wanted to keep variety of nut butters in the diet. We like to eat a colorful and variety filled diet and 
we're trying to, you know, make a lot of flavors available for people that are maybe doing the same or sensitive to different nut butters. So, you know, we have peanut butter flavored ones, almond butter, cashew butter, and then sunflower butter is our only nut free one. So that's how the diversity of nut butters came about. And then, yeah, the coconut nectar, the thing that really attracted us to that is just like, it's one of the lowest glycemic sweeteners on the market. Mm. And then molasses actually, um, I actually felt like the bar wasn't complete. We had all the ingredients in it except molasses. And I was just really praying. I'm like, I feel like there's an ingredient missing. So I'm like, God, if there's an ingredient missing, please highlight it to me. And I had a dream that night and I heard the words molasses really loud in my dream. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? So I started putting it into the bar and not only does it give each bar, depending on your flavor, 22 to 28% of your iron intake, which is awesome. But it's super high in other minerals, and it just was a really nice compliment because it's not super sweet. Um, so that's how molasses got in there. But yeah, I think molasses is such a clever ingredient. I haven't seen another bar ever use it. So hopefully, they no. Don't- but it's so good. I always, I always <laughs> love the taste of it. Yeah, yeah. You can kind of taste it in the almond bar a little bit. It's probably the one where you can kind of taste it a little. Yeah. No, I I would definitely agree. Um, and I love the idea of the flaxseed for the fiber because it's such a good source of soluble and insoluble. It's, a, it's so good for your hormones, testosterone right. balancing. It's it's such a good yeah, whole food. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then coconut oil. Um, basically, it's kind of a funny story behind, behind coconut oil. So when we first made the bar, we didn't have coconut oil in it. We brought it to a food scientist and she's like, yeah, your water content in the bar is too high. Cause we were, we had no idea what we were doing. Like the bar that we were making for ourselves, we put a teeny little bit of water in it with the nectar and molasses and nut butter to like bind the bar a little bit better. Mm-hmm. The food scientist is like, yeah, your bar is going to spoil in like a week. You can't have any water in it. Mm-hmm. And I, already, I really liked coconut oil, but I just didn't, know if people would buy the bar if I had a little bit more fat in it which thankfully it hasn't been a hindrance and it holds people over to have the the fat in the bar so I basically replaced a little bit of water with a little bit of coconut oil and it makes the bar taste amazing but it also held it together better and that's how coconut oil got in there and I basically picked that fat just because you know of all the different health dynamics of it I wouldn't really have any other fat that I'd want in there Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. I actually never even thought about if there was water, it would spoil. Yeah, I know. Things that I literally had no idea about entering in the industry. It's been like drinking from a fire hose some days. I know. I know. But I mean, so much of... do you, So this is, this is something that's pretty interesting. So a lot of companies that I've, you know, seen or talked to or inquired about their ingredients, you know, they'll say, you know, it's, you know, we do our best, but it's just, it's hard to do the right thing. And I was like, well, that's not really a good answer, <laughs> but I'm sure it is. Like, I'm sure it is difficult to source all of these ingredients properly. Like all of them are, if not most of them, if not all are, are organic. So mm-hmm. talk about like, was it, were, was it difficult for you guys to scale a bar that could be so easily accessible to people and keep up with demand while also really not compromising ingredients? So it definitely is a lot more challenging to blow up in the scene doing a bar like ours because just like you said so many of the competitors out there are willing to toss out an ingredient to put something cheaper in there so that their margins are higher so you know our margins 
probably aren't that big for the bar compared to most companies, but the reason we started is our passion for ingredients. So, you know, we're just, we're probably growing a little slower than we need to because we've been cautious because of the fact that we're kind of doing something a little more different. And especially in the past year, year and a half, it's been very difficult to get some of our ingredients in, but we, we plan pretty far ahead so that we can make sure to do so. And yeah, I don't think we'll ever, if anything, our goal is as we grow to make all of the ingredients organic. Like right now, a lot of the bars are 100% organic, but the almond butter is not. Um, and the main reason behind that is if we were to switch to organic almond butter, it would make our bars very costly for all of our customers. And we try to have our bars as modestly priced as we can. Um, so yeah, our goal would be as we grow to make more ingredients organic, like the almond butter, instead of going the other direction. I love that. And I'm looking at like the peanut butter one, I think because the, the peanut butter is organic. I mean, so many of the things in here are organic. And so yeah, so our peanut butter is 100% organic. And then the peanut butter chip and decaf mocha, regular mocha, it's also 100% organic. And then our lemon and cookie dough are 100% organic. It's just the ones that um, have almond butter. And then the sunflower raspberry one, the dark chocolate raspberry, the freeze-dried raspberries are not organic just because that's kind of the same case scenario. Getting Mm -hmm. organic freeze-dried raspberries is like almost triple the price of than just conventional ones. So we didn't want to skyrocket the cost for a bar so much. So if someone's looking for all organic, there's, you know, probably six flavors that they're going to be drawn to. And then we have five flavors that are like 70% organic or more, but they're not a hundred percent. I'm so excited about the, I actually just ordered a bunch of bars last week, the, that you guys came out with the decaf mocha. I'm so excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. That one's really good because not everyone's going to want like a caffeine pop in the middle of their day, but they like that coffee taste. Yeah. Like I was talking to Nick about that because I like I go to the I'm in the office a little bit later on Tuesdays. And so if I'm in a rush and I don't have time to really eat something substantial either before I go in or like as I'm there treating, I'll mm-hmm. just bring a RAR bar and like I I'd had the mocha one and I came home and I was like, why am I so wired still? And I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's why. Um, so I'm really excited to have that one because I love the mocha taste and I love like the espresso taste, but I'm just excited to not have the jitters with it. So I was very, very excited about that. So excited. So awesome. So can you tell people, um, is there anything, well, I guess before I ask, is there anything else about what you guys do, your company that you feel like makes you stand out, makes you different and makes you like a change, a a leader in this kind of market for better ingredients? You covered a lot already. I'd say something that does make us different is, so when we first were about to launch, we had a big decision we had to make. We could have chosen to have a basically a manufacturing company make our product for us and do all the distribution. And we would be doing just the behind the scenes things like marketing, finance, advertising. But we chose to take a different route, which is definitely a lot slower and it can be a little more intimidating. But we have been making our bar in-house ever since we started. We make it all by hand in our facility. Um, We don't bake our bars. A lot of bars are baked But yeah, I think that is something that makes us very different because we're so driven to keep the integrity of our product. 
we decided to do it in-house. We were concerned if we had a different company doing it for us that they would be encouraging us to swap out a few ingredients, you know. So, for example, a lot of bars are going to be a little more like chewy type texture. And they're going to have like that um, that form that they hold in the higher heat ours with like the organic nut butters and everything are refrigerated. And um, we didn't want to have to add the fillers and binders to make the bar more shelf stable. Mm-hmm. So doing it in-house, we can keep the integrity of all of our ingredients in our process. It's just a slower growth process because scaling is a lot harder in-house than having someone else scale for you in that sense. And then something that I just kind of mentioned there is our bars are refrigerated, which is kind of a differentiator. And some people might see it as a weakness, but we see it more as a a strength because it shows that we do have high quality organic ingredients. You know, if you think about the RX bar, for example, they have egg whites in it, but how come it's not refrigerated? How highly processed are those egg whites that they can sit on a shelf for a year and not spoil, you know? Mm -hmm real Mm -hmm. food should be refrigerated like when you have produce and you're trying to keep it you put it in the fridge you don't you know if your bananas are going to go bad you're going to pop them in the fridge you're not going to just let them sit on your counter so I think that is something that makes us different too is that you know because we're using the real food ingredients and some are even raw nut butters our bars are refrigerated and you're going to get that real food taste and um it's a lot easier for your digestion too I agree I I honestly prefer if I need to refrigerate something because I know that it <laughs> that it's not loaded with fillers and things that need it to be stable. That's a great point about the egg whites because like that should not have to be. I've always wondered that. I'm like, how are there eggs in here and it's not spoiling? <laughs> That's so true. That's so true. I never even thought about that. So like for traveling purposes, mm-hmm. if I were to, like we travel a lot and if I were to travel with the I mean, usually like we're just going up, you know, a few hours away, we just bring like our cooler and throw it right in there. But if we're flying, how good would you say the RAR bars would do um, otherwise? Yeah. So we've taken the bars to like Israel with us and on different mission trips. And so what we usually do is um, just put them in the hotel fridge as soon as we get there. Our bars do last 30 days out of the fridge. Um, So like, you know, the nut butters aren't going to spoil that fast. The thing is like, if you have an organic peanut butter and it's supposed to be refrigerated and you kept it out for a month, it's just going to lose some of that really nice nutty flavor and that peanut butter pop. So our bars aren't going to, you know, spoil after like a week out of the fridge or like lose that much flavor. But around like the three to four week mark, the nut butters aren't going to be as robust. So you can plop it into your suitcase bring it with you overseas or somewhere in the U S and just put it in a fridge when you get there and they'll be fine. And if they get a little melty, they'll, they'll firm up just fine too. So we've done a lot of travel with them. Haven't had any issues. I know we're planning, we're going, we're going to do some travel, um, in the beginning of March. And so I'm already planning. I'm like, well, I'm not going to be eating the airport food. So we got to make sure we're, we're prepared. Last year when we went to St. Lucia, I was not as much prepared as I usually am. I'm usually like on my game and we, by the time we got to our connecting flight, we had to get right on the plane. And so like, we didn't even have, I couldn't even stop to grab like coffee to make like at least a bulletproof or collagen coffee. I was like, oh my gosh, I was struggling. So I am not making that mistake again. Right. Right. And and a little trick too. So, you know, when we ship, it comes with the little insulation and ice pack. Yeah. So when you're 
traveling, obviously you can't bring your ice pack, but that insulation, you could just put your bars in that again and put it in your suitcase and it'll keep them cold longer. Oh, that's a great idea. That's a really good idea. I'm going to definitely do that. Maybe like put them in the freezer before and then. Yeah. And then wrap them in that. Okay. I'm definitely going to do that. Um, I, I, I just, I'm so glad that we are able to chat today that you came on the podcast. I, and just that you guys are doing the amazing work. It was so hard for me to find, you know, a bar that I really, really enjoyed. You know, there's, there's another whole food bar that's okay, Mm -hmm. but it's really high in sugar. And, you know, I'm sure you probably know which one I'm talking about. And, you know, if I have to use something like that, I would, because like, if it was either nothing or that, I would choose that. But, and trust me, I've had my fair share of crappy protein bars as I know you have. And so to be able to have a bar where I'm happy to recommend it to people, I'm always advocating for whole foods. And I love that this has whole foods. And I just, I love, and obviously the work that you guys do to be able to give back, I think, I think that's just so incredible and what makes you guys stand out even more in my mind. And so thank you guys for, for, for doing all that you do. It's, I'm really, really happy to, to partner with you guys. Yeah. Thanks for having us on. It's been an awesome journey and I've enjoyed partnering with you too, just because of the things that you're sharing. I feel like some of the posts you make, it's like, why isn't anyone else seeing this? <laughs> I know. I know. Sometimes I'm like, am I just a little, little black sheep over here just talking about things? But there's so many, there's so many great accounts and people who are, who are out there really also trying to kind of spread the word or they're sharing the posts that I'm doing or they're sharing the podcast. And so we're going to get the information out there eventually. So I will put the link for the raw bars in the show notes are always, always on my website too, but do you guys have social? I know you guys have social media, so can you tell them where, where they can connect with either you personally or the company or both? Yeah. So our Instagram is just at raw organics and, um, it's really just cause instead of saying raw bars, just think of raw organics in case we ever do anything other than bars, you know, wink, wink. <laughs> and then our Facebook page is Raw Organics. Someone took Raw Organics. So those are the two places where you can find us. And then our website is just www.raworganics.com. Perfect. And I, like I said, I'll have the link for all of those in the show notes. Um, Rachel, thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. And it was so, it was so great hearing your story and learning a little bit more about that. I love that you guys on the back of your bar, you kind of have like a little tidbit of your story, but it was really fun being able to dive into it all today. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time to hear it out and to share it. Absolutely.